every morning quarterback live on a Friday night, 8 p.m. We're finishing up our NFL preview with this week, AFC and NFC East. Of course, I have an invested interest in the AFC East. It's cabin fever. I'm even wearing a John Franklin Myers t-shirt, for crying out loud. Uh, but we have, have custom-made, by the way. Uh, but we do have a special guest here tonight to talk some Buffalo Bills in the AFC East. We got Steve Mathis from the Air Raid Hour on Cover One Sports. Steve, how are we tonight? I, I noticed that your Patriots friends didn't want to show up uh, here on a Friday they, night for some Bills. <laughs> <laughs> they were, you know, one of them was getting incredibly like into it. He's like, all right, I'm all in. I'm all in. He'll be on tomorrow. We got our, we got our preview at two o'clock tomorrow. Um, I can't nice. wait to hear how the Patriots are going to go to the Super Bowl. So <laughs> make sure they ask him about Josh Allen. Just make oh. sure to ask him about Josh Allen. Absolutely. And actually, uh, just so everyone's clear, too, we did tell Steve in order for him to come to the show tonight, he had a study film for four hours. So it was part of part of the contract. Uh, we had to make sure that we could trust that Steve was going to be doing his research. So it was in there. So he's 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 in tonight. I believe you. I believe you've been you've been studying all week. So you're in. Just got just got out of the film room. Got to, <laughs> got to just break down like the all 22. Speaking oh, yeah. of all 22, Steve, uh, the Bills roster this year is loaded. I mean, mm-hmm. there's talent all over the board. They added some veterans to this team that was already one of the deepest rosters in, in the NFL. So with that being said, like it's a loaded roster. If you could look anywhere, if anywhere on this team, that there's a weak link or something that you think is probably could be the issue moving forward this season, where would you look on this team? I think right now, through the first week of training camp, it's looking like it's going to be the offensive line. Uh, last year, starting right tackle Spencer Brown uh, hasn't done, uh, hasn't rolled with either of the teams. Uh, since the first day of practice, so he's been out. Uh, he's he's coming off of off-season back surgery. Deion Dawson missed practice today. Deion Dawkins missed practice today because of uh, you know uh, personal reasons. Ryan Bates has a soft tissue injury. Roger Saffold got into a car accident over the off-season. He's on the NFI list. So four Bills, uh, four of the Bills projecting start off as alignment weren't at practice today, and Von Miller was having himself a day up against some of the Buffalo Bills reserve offensive linemen. So keeping the Buffalo Bills offensive line healthy uh, and just the fact that the Buffalo Bills, can they handle one, two, three injuries to the offensive line? That seems at least the first week of training camp to be the biggest concern. And you mentioned Von Miller on the other, on the other side of the ball. They had an elite pass defense last year. They had Von Miller, Trey White should be healthy. But they had some issues maybe last year trying to contain some of those teams that had the big power running running backs. What did the Bills do mm-hmm. this offseason to maybe beef up some of that run defense? I, I, they did a number of things. Von Miller wasn't the only part of, of that defensive facelift, at least along the defensive line. They brought back Jordan Phillips. That's 340 pounds of beef. They signed Tim Settle. Uh, which I think is one of the more underrated or under the radar free agent signings of the offseason. He was the youngest free agent to hit the market. Uh, Tim Settle, a defensive tackle from Washington, who uh, put up uh, a ton of, you know, made a ton of splash plays behind some of the bigger name players there in Washington. So between Tim Settle, Jordan Phillips, 
Daquan Jones, the two-capping defensive tackle from Carolina. That'll free things up for Von Miller, Ed Oliver, Tremaine Edmonds to help stop the run. And they also drafted Terrell Bernard in the third round out of Baylor. He's a small linebacker at six foot one, 223 pounds. But my projection, we haven't really seen it at training camp yet, but it's still early in training camp. My projection for Terrell Bernard this season is that if the Buffalo Bills were willing to use a third round pick on him, he's more than just Matt Milano's backup. I think that maybe there is a sort of thick dime or big nickel presence that he could use against the Baltimore Ravens, against the New England Patriots. You take out Teron Johnson, even though you don't want to take him off the field because Buffalo's base defense is nickel. You put a, you know, a bigger, thicker Terrell Bernard on the field who can run with tight ends, can blitz, can play the run. So he can sort of help the Buffalo Bills stay smaller and agile while still being able to go to a 43 base you saw late in the season last year against the Patriots, they played a lot of Saran Neal, who's a heavier cornerback in the slot, to try to counteract um, you know, the runs that were gashing them. And we've already seen somewhat this offseason that a thick dime is Zach Wilson's kryptonite. So watch out. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta definitely Bernard be would be a little right. young now. He might be a little young. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, yeah, so Bills Bills had a pretty good draft. Another guy that I'm looking forward to is we're gonna talk about it tomorrow, but is James Cook. Um, he's someone mm-hmm. that I I'm I'm wondering what his role is gonna be on this team. I don't think he's gonna be running back number number one, probably more of a passing down guy. Um, and you see some other guys mm-hmm. on that list too. Looking at the rookies, who do you expect to come in? You you already mentioned one. I mentioned another to come in and make an yeah. make an impact on a championship ready team. I mean, obviously, the, the, the easiest conclusion to make is Kyrie Elam. He was the first-round pick. Trey White is coming off the ACL uh, tear, so Kyrie Elam is going to be the starter week one, whether it's in Trey White's spot or across from Trey White. The interesting thing about Kyrie Elam is he's bigger. He's more physical than a lot of the corners the Bills have had in the past. He's got some speed to him. It's going to allow the Buffalo Bills to play more man coverage than they've ever played before. John McDermott typically a zone defense coach. If you can start to play a little bit of man, a little bit of pressed man, it allows you to do some different things defensively than dropping your DBs back into traditional zone looks. But to the James Cook point, the Buffalo Bills made an emphasis this offseason to go get some mismatch mismatch pieces. James Cook, OJ Howard, um, the two that stand out the most. And it allows the Buffalo Bills offense to be a little bit more versatile. It doesn't need to be 11 personnel, three wide receiver. They can go 12 personnel. They've even gone and done a bunch of uh, 13 personnel stuff where they brought Reggie Gilliam, the fullback on the field, where they could start in I formation. And if a team decides to come out with, um, you know, in their nickel look, the Bills have the option to run the ball down the team's throat. But if the team decides to come out in base and put an extra linebacker on the field to counteract the Bills having the you know the fullback Reggie Gilliam and the tight end OJ Howard. All of those guys have the ability to spread out five wide and be utilized as receivers and could be mismatched pieces in the passing game. You are seeing a ton so far in training camp of James Cook shifting out, starting at running back and shifting out wide to wide receiver and also being used as a, a running back traditionally out of the backfield in the passing game as well. He's catching a ton of balls early in training camp. 
I also saw something out of the Bills camp this week that uh, Elam is, has been getting has been getting pretty into it, Ooh. feisty with a lot of the Bills <laughs> wide receivers, which is kind of what you want to uh, see out of your rook. Uh, but. The, the the Bills have taken an interesting approach with him. He's one on one with Stefan Diggs uh, pretty much every rep of practice, which is it's good for Kyrie Elam to go out there and sort of experience that, right? And you're it's sort of like playing Madden in all Madden mode, and then going and playing maybe in you know, all pro mode when the regular season starts and you're not on someone yeah. like Stephon Diggs. And a lot has been made about how, you know, scrappy and toe-to-toe Kyrie Elam has been with Stephon Diggs and how he's agitated Stephon Diggs. I haven't seen any of the clips, but one of Kyrie Elam's tendencies in college was he gets a little grabby. My guess is that, uh, and because Kyrie Elam was cooked by Stephon Diggs a number of times on the first couple of days, the veteran was showing the rookie how it's done in the NFL my guess is Kyrie Elam's probably getting a little bit grabbier yeah, than he should. Uh, the yeah. Buffalo Bills, but uh, I, I don't know whether it was a joke or it was serious, but there was one point where he had boxing gloves on in practice the other day. So, <laughs> um, you know, that's something to look out for with the rookie. Obviously, they're going to take their 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 knocks and they're going to have to grow. But he's also not going to have to go up against Stefan Diggs every single day once the regular right. season starts. Yeah, it's definitely if in that conference or in that AFC East, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, those type of wideouts are the guy. You know, they're much more kind of closer to the line of scrimmage. Tyree Kill obviously is going to be a deep ball threat this year with the most accurate quarterback in the league. So, you know, <laughs> he's uh, he's been talking a lot, boy. Man, the Dolphins. Let, let's get into the AFC East because the yeah, Dolphins, man, the Dolphins have always been my my most hated rival. I, I don't even mm-hmm. hate the Patriots. I hate the Miami Dolphins. But this year, there's just like an undeserved like confidence. Just because they got Tyree yeah. Kill, uh, there's they're on another level right now. Tyree Kill mm-hmm. says something every single day that bugs me. Dolphins fans are predicting like the Dolphins to win the whole AFC. Uh, I, I don't know. I they're they're bugging me right now. How do you see the AFC East shaking out though? I mean, my, as much as I don't like the Miami, obviously is a, a contender. The Patriots are always scrappy mm-hmm. and tough. The Jets roster is a much improved roster than it was last year. How do you see the AFC East shaking up this year? Second place in the AFC comes down to whose quarterback develops the best behind Josh Allen. Because I think the Bills are still the top dog, barring any injuries or unforeseen yep. setbacks. Like I'm not trying, I'm just I'm not trying to be uh, a little, you know, too too talkative as a Bills, you know, fan and a Bills pundit here. But I mean, you just look at that roster and you look at the yeah. Vegas betting odds and and all these different yeah. things. They're the front runner. Miami, you mentioned that fans are a little chippy. You know, if Tua can piece it together, he certainly has, I think, the best offense, at least skill position-wise, surrounding him. That defense brings back their defensive coordinator and Josh Boyer, um, and their defense was very good last year. So I can see why uh, they would have that confidence. Teron Armstead joins, maybe try to secure that offensive line a little bit. But – None of that matters if Tua Tagovailoa doesn't take the next step and Teddy Bridgewater ain't getting you second place in that division. You look at New England. I I liked some of the players that New England brought in in the draft. I didn't like where they drafted them, but I was a big fan of most of the guys that they drafted. I also like the players they signed in free agency two years ago. I don't like how much money they gave them. So draft capital-wise, the way they spent their money and the way they utilize their draft capital, I don't like, but it doesn't mean I don't like the players they brought in. It's a talented roster. But you have a second year quarterback, Mac Jones, who 
Bill Belichick doesn't often pump up his quarterbacks. He's out there saying, you know, he's never really seen, um, you know, a quarterback progress so much in an offseason as he's seen Mac Jones this year. But Matt Patricia's calling the plays. Like, so I, yeah. I don't know what's going on there in New England. And they could, you know, Bill Belichick's narcissism could be holding back Mac Jones. And then I look at the Jets. Like, the Jets, they're still probably a year away. But if Zach Wilson, who's, I think, the most physically gifted of those three quarterbacks, turns a corner and develops quicker, maybe on a more Josh Allen curve than, um, you know, some, you know, where he makes a big-ish leap, um, you know, skips a couple of development steps and those physical traits just make a leap, the Jets could finish second place in this division with some of the talent they have on that roster if the quarterback steps up. So to me, second place in that division, in, in this division, is whoever's quarterback plays the best football. That's really well put. I mean, it all comes down to the quarterbacks. I know Zach had a, had a pretty good soundbite today about, like, you know, how it's not it's not just how he goes. He's only one of, like, 11. You know, he's only one piece of the pie, but it really is. Uh, if Zach Wilson plays poorly, the Jets will finish last. And if Zach Wilson plays well, they have potential to finish second. Same with Mac Jones and Tua. So besides the AFC East, looking at the Bills' schedule this year, mm -hmm. what games have you circled as kind of like these are the most important games on the Bills' run to where they want to get to? You know, to me, it, it all starts with the division. Like, I, you know, six and one in the division is obviously key. And then like any other team, you know, I'm as big a fan and I'm as pumped for that sort of like uh, measuring stick game in L.A. in week one. But in the grand scheme of things, that's might be one of the more least important games on the schedule yeah. um, because it's out of conference. So I look at the Tennessee game, the Baltimore game, the Pittsburgh game, the Cleveland game, the Kansas City game doing work in the AFC. If the Buffalo Bills had had home field advantage in 2020 or 2021, Heading into the NFL playoffs, they might already have a Lombardi trophy, but they didn't have that home field advantage. And we see what happens every time they end up in January in Arrowhead. So the Buffalo Bills, who last season probably should have been the first place team in the AFC, 0-6 in one-score games, absolutely brutal when they were crushing the rest of their schedule by double-digit points. Every time it was within a touchdown, 0-6, they had just gone 500 there. They are the number one seed in, yeah. the, in the AFC, and maybe that game in Arrowhead goes differently. I don't see Joe Burrow out-dueling Josh Allen in Buffalo, and it took the Rams three-quarters to wake up in that Super Bowl game and run away with it over the Bengals or take it from the Bengals, the Bills might have been able to get off to a hotter start with the way that offense was clicking, that we might already have a Lombardi if we had done our work in the AFC and gotten that number one seed and home field advantage. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it, it seemed two years in a row it was the, it was the Tennessee Titans game that mm -hmm. seemed to come back to haunt them because the Bills are a better football team than the Tennessee Titans. They have been the last two years, but there's just – Ten, I mean, both years Tennessee steals one, and it, that's the game that seemed to come back. The game last year was uh, the game yeah. last year was brutal. <laughs> yeah, and you get one them week, short. week two short. this year, week two mm -hmm. this year to just kind of. That's a good time those, to get the, slay uh, those ghosts. The, you know, the the earlier to get the Titans, the better because they're they're a team in transition right now too. But the Bills' schedule, I think, works out really well for them in that 
they get their only West Coast game this year, the only game where they have to go get on a plane and go on a significant, like, you know, leave multiple time zones trip out to Los Angeles is on Thursday night. So they have plenty of time to get there early and prepare for that game. Then they get to leave, go home, and they get three, four extra days because it's a Monday night against Tennessee at home to prepare for the rest of their schedule. So there was a lot of talk when the schedule came out. Fans were like, man, I don't want to play the Rams week one. You know, I don't want that sort of attention on the Bills, all these different things. And I'm like, I don't care about the attention. I don't care about any of that. I care about take just blowing our West Coast game early, getting a huge rest, and then just going off on the rest of our schedule against you know all of the AFC teams that really do count when it comes to getting that number one seed. Absolutely. And looking at the Buffalo Bills' current roster here, we put together a pretty fun game for you tonight, Steve. We always try to have a fun game, cheesy, but I'm a so fun bad game. At these, so when I'm embarrassed. Oh, get ready, <laughs> get ready for this. Uh, this one is called "Before and After," kind of a play on the Jeopardy-style game where there's going to be a clue that is a hint towards one person's name that is a current member of the Buffalo Bills, and that name kind of also coincides with the second answer to the clue and i gave you kind of prior to us going on just kind of Mm -hmm. a heads up of what the game was going to be like so if the clue was you know seinfeld star who conquers greece whatever jason alexander the great so those two Mm -hmm. clues come together so we'll see (laughs) these are pretty ridiculous so let's see and we have one bonus one for you as well so we're going to start with the first clue here steve let me put it up a fourth-year Nittany lineman who inherits Norman's Inn. <laughs> so I know it's – oh, Bates Motel? You got it. Yeah. Ah, ha, Ryan it Bates. It is the there Ryan Bates Motel. Ryan Bates Motel. There, there it is. <laughs> so you're already, you're already one for one. Let's go to the next one. A private Ivy League college dedicated to chugging fans' beers. Brown, uh, yeah. Spencer Brown, Spencer Brown, Brown, dedicated I mean, to chugging fans' beers. Spencer Brown's brews. Yeah, you almost. Oh, had Spencer it. Brown, University. Brown University. I see the beer <laughs> thing is what got yeah. me. There you go. All A right. Private Ivy League College, uh, Brown University. Spencer Brown right. chugging some fans' beers in the crowd. Spencer Brown University. All right. I just that was an actual college. I let's uh, get it accredited. I I would go there. Absolutely. Uh, let's see it. A mean presidential chant to cheer on defensive tackles from Florida Atlantic. This one's ridiculous. A mean presidential chant. Kids are wearing these on T-shirts at my at my school too. To cheer on defensive tackles from Florida Atlantic. The Bills have a defensive tackle from Florida Atlantic? They do. He's kind of, I think he's not really much of a factor. Is it, but. Is it Brandon Bryant? Uh, sure is. It sure is. Mean presidential chant. Brandon Bryant sucks. <laughs> oh, presidential chant. Uh, oh, I don't know. I'm, Brandon Bryant sucks. I'm going to go that. Let's go, Brandon oh. Bryant. <laughs> oh. There we go. All right. 
See, this is what I'm talking about. I'm not good at this. There we oh, go. That's, yeah. That, 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 hey, that's totally fine. But we're also <laughs> learning some new Buffalo Bills players here. Let's go, Brandon Bryant. Not as usually, like offensive when you're cheering. I them usually on. pride myself in knowing where guys went to college. I did not know where Brandon Bryant went to college. Brandon, I, Florida Atlantic. I was kind of stunned too. They had a Florida Atlantic guy on the team. He's a All right, little bit, a little bit easier, spot, hopefully though. here. Second round sooner, guarding OJ's getaway. Uh, Cody Ford's Bronco. Nailed it, Cody Ford Ooh, Bronco. There it baby. is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Cody Ford, Ford Bronco. Bronco. There we go. Yep. <laughs> got it, Cody Ford Bronco. We got two more for you here. An often injured tight end. You actually mentioned him earlier. Yeah. Investing in a classic hospitality brand. All right, so it's OJ Howard. Um, Howard's in like the the hotels. Oh, pretty close. OJ Howard Ooh. Johnsons. All right, that's the <laughs> OJ Howard Johnsons. Also, something I would probably like invested for sure. Aaron Carter still brags about his game with journeyman edge rusher. Journeyman edge rusher. He actually had a nice. He had a nice play for my guys last year, but yeah. So this is Shaq Lawson, Shaq Lawson, Aaron Carter still brags about his game. Aaron Carter. For those of us around our age, growing up, the only thing about Aaron Carter I remember is like the "I Want Candy" song. Oh. No, this one, this that's one was the only thing I remember. Now he's like addicted to crack or something. That's all like all I know. Yeah, about. well, yeah, he was into the wrong kind of candy. He was into like the uh, candy. That's <laughs> what he was into. Aaron Carter. That's ah. how I beat Shaq Lawson. There it is. <laughs> that's how I beat Shaq. Classic song. From Aaron oh, Carter. dude, that's a throwback. Terrible yes. song from Aaron Carter. Terrible song. <laughs> a corner who shut down more than just the end for this holiday classic. cornerback who shut down more than just the end for this holiday classic um is this a a, a reserve corner is this a big name corner like is this one of the big the, name, the, big, name big, name. big name guy um trey day i was thinking maybe like trey white Holiday you classic. Hear. I think Die Hard. Like, uh, oh, oh, Live Free, Trey, something. I, don't know. I like the. I like you going with Die Hard, so we can actually say that it's a holiday movie because it is. Okay, uh, we I, got I, Trey I, White oh, Christmas. No. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have it, Trey White Christmas. I don't know why my mind immediately went to Die Hard. I don't know why. I love that man. We can now uh, confirm that it is a it is a Christmas movie. We have uh, two bonus ones for you here. One of oh, them boy. is a four-parter, and the other one is a classic Bills. So we're going to oh, go with the four-parter first. These ones are – I told you this game was ridiculous. So before the Wyoming Ranch, he reminisced about Penn State whiteouts on a desert island for 28 years. So there's, this, there's a couple of names put in here. There's actually three it's – a, it's a three-name answer. Josh Allen. Yep. And the other one is a non-Buffalo Bill, but you are playing him in the opening kickoff. Oh. So we are combining them for the kickoff weekend. Penn State whiteout. Penn State LA Rams. 
Before the Wyoming ranch, he reminisced about Penn State whiteouts on a, on a desert island for 28 years. I got nothing, man. This is I, I you're gonna nothing. you're gonna like this one. You're gonna like All this right. one. Josh Allen Robinson. Oh, I forgot they got Allen Robinson. <laughs> My mind really went to Cruz Gilligan's Island. Island when I saw a desert island. <laughs> you want to know what's sad? It shows you all about what I paid attention to when I was actually in school. I knew where <laughs> Allen Robinson went to college. I had to look up the Robinson Crusoe clue. I was like, well, what can I say about Robinson Crusoe? I had to actually look that up. And last but not least, Steve, a bonus classic Buffalo Bills. Often con- confused with a bitter vegetable, this acapella singing quarterback ended on a low note. So the two, there's a couple of clues there. This one, if you're a fan of The Office, you will get this clue for sure. Often confused with a bitter vegetable, this Andy. acapella singing quarterback ended on a low note. Andy Bernard is the office character. Confused with the bitter vegetables, the classic Bill part of the of the. The uh, the the Bills part of this is the quarterback ending his Buffalo Bills career on a low note. He's actually one of you. He's actually one of your guys. <laughs> I think you've told me some stories. About how I used to be a a massive stand for this individual. The quarterback's got to be J.P. Lossman, correct? Oh, oh, I didn't know you were a no, J.P. Lossman. I was, oh, E.J. Manuel? <laughs> uh, E.J. Manuel Bernard? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Broccoli Rob Broccoli Johnson, Rob Johnson baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Broccoli Rob Johnson. Broccoli there Rob, of course, yeah. the character from The Office when he was, he was yeah. in Bernard's acapella group. I told you we had there something special cooked up for you tonight. <laughs> Uh, I didn't know you were a JP Lossman stand. I didn't know that. Oh, it was uh I was actually at the one well, I was at I was in the old Meadowlands uh for Bills Jets and the Bills all they had to do was come out on the field and milk the clock to end the game. It was uh I mean this was years ago. Stevie Johnson caught his first touchdown in this game. It was really fun. I got a chance to hang out with Stevie last offseason. I told him the story and he's like, dude, I can't believe you read that game. Um <laughs> it was it, this was like week 17 years ago. All JP's got to do, all, all the Bills got to do is run the clock out with like a minute 38 left. And they decide to throw the ball for some reason. And JP scrambles out. Sean, Alec, uh, Sean Ellis strips him, runs it back for a yep. touchdown. The Jets win the game. That was, uh, I don't know why they were throwing. That was uh, unfortunate. Have, uh, have <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that is, a, uh, that is a tough go. I like hearing that little Sean Ellis call out, though. I like hearing Sean Ellis. <laughs> he was a good player, man. He was. I like Sean Ellis a lot, man. Eight up, eight up the eight up the middle of the defense. Hopefully that's this guy's job this year. John John Franklin Myers, baby. Well, Steve, thank you so much for helping us preview the AFC East tonight. Uh, you're gonna have a lot of fun watching this season. Uh, wow. Buffalo Bills are a team to watch for sure. We're gonna get in a little bit more into them tomorrow, and we'll hear all about how the Patriots are gonna sweep them tomorrow. So that'll be good. <laughs> that'll be good. Hey, just tell uh, those guys, like, I like their players. I think it is hilarious how they went about getting all of those players. Oh, I agree. And, you know, I made this comment before, and, and I, I, it's not, like, I'm not, like, I am ripping on Bill Belichick for this offensive coordinator thing. Like, absolutely eviscerating him every chance I get. And I say the same thing to anyone, any Patriots fan in my message. If I was a Bills fan, I would be just as furious with my head coach. Like I would yeah. be screaming from the rooftops if they were doing what they were doing in New England. That's 
It's embarrassing. It's absolutely yeah. embarrassing what they're doing with their coaching staff in general in, in New England. The NFL should change the rule to make whoever calls the offensive and defensive plays to have to stand up and do a weekly press conference. If that's the reason why Bill Belichick isn't naming coordinators, even though it looks like it's because he doesn't want to pay Patricia so he can collect his Detroit Lions paycheck. Uh, <laughs> the NFL should make one offensive and defensive coach stand yep. up there every week and face the music like every other team in the league. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the one thing about the Patriots uh, that this year, I, I don't know how that's going to work, is the juggling of all ex-Patriot, all ex-NFL head coaches that were in the mm-hmm. Belichick coaching tree. Let's all Matt Patricia yeah. has three years of coaching experience on the offensive side of the football, and they were all as uh, offensive assistants or assistant offensive line coaches. He's never even been a position coach on offense. Yeah. <laughs> and now they're giving him the reins uh, to, try to try to take down. Uh, he puts a pencil behind football. his ear and has a laminated oh, yeah. piece of paper. So tell me how that works. Don't forget the backwards cap, too. <laughs> the backwards cap. <laughs> and if anything, Colin uh, Coward tells me not to trust not to trust the backwards cap. Can't do it. It's Can't do it. Cap guy. Can't do it. Nope. Can't Some, do it. Similar to Carson Wentz. Uh, well, Steve, thank you so much, man. For those of us who want to tune in to all Buffalo Bills coverage, people can tune in to the Cover One uh, Sports Network on YouTube. Also, follow you guys on Twitter. I got your handle right there. Also, at the Bills Guys is the Air mm-hmm. Raid Hours handle. Um, awesome stuff. These guys are great. The whole Buffalo Bills network of just people uh, doing the, the podcasting, the video breakdowns. I mean, it's Bill's probably not even probably do have probably the best fan base for this kind of stuff. So if you're into it, definitely give these guys a follow. I'm not even a Bill's fan and I learned stuff from these guys. So definitely give them a follow cover one sports judge Mathis, Steve. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it.